0: Welcome to Good Words with Geeks and Nerds. My name is Kenny, and each week, my co-host Stu and I, along with various guests, will discuss all those strange, specific things that make us nerds. On this episode, we talk about the origins of basic cable network originals, what the worst MCU film is, the introduction of horror comics into the MCU, and much more. As always, make sure to subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform and leave us a five-star review. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy some Good Words with Geeks and Nerds. Strange, specific stuff. That's what makes a nerd a nerd. If you like strange, specific stuff, that's a nerd.
1: I get to go home and make a spring cocktail
0: menu. Oh, lots of gin drinks, I'm sure. Uh, I mean,
1: it's going to be fairly parceled out between spirits.
0: Okay. I feel like gin is a uh, is a spring drink for some reason. I don't know why. I mean,
1: spring, summer, gin. I, would, I didn't get into the idea of gin until I started uh,
0: at the pub. It's, it's difficult for me. That's a, that's getting in a gin is one of my heart was, I just can't, my heart's not in it. I don't know.
1: I, I found the more botanical, the less like baseline dry a gin, mm-hmm. the more interesting I think it is.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's a good way to look at
1: it. Cause otherwise like the drier, more traditional, like, like earthy terroir gins are just like, oh, thanks. I just drank liquefied Christmas tree. <laughs> right, 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 right. And you're like, that's a lot of pine I just put in my belly. And it's, you know.
0: <laughs> it's awful.
1: It's it's rough. But no, there are really good botanical ones. I was really surprised. Uh, Beef Eater 24. Was okay. Really, a really 24 botanical blend. Very uh, floral, kind of like fruity, you know, little balance of things.
0: Okay. Not a bad one. I have to let you try on on your on its own or like you definitely have to mix it with stuff.
1: Uh, I mean, it's not bad on its own. It's not like dry or like has overwhelming cloying factors to it Mm -hmm. in any way. So no, there's a few. Okay, so
0: let's try that. Where do you want to start? What do you got first? Oh, okay. Uh, Let's do this then. I want to continue from where we left off last week on, um, on AEW on AEW. Yeah. I have a question for you. Okay. Uh, sure. Okay. Well, first of all, uh, big news out of AEW is the signing of Christian, Christian cage. Yeah. Christian Chris, cage. Christian I'm sorry. Cage. Christian cage, Christian cage, Christian cage. It's very uh,
1: important. Returning, returning very much to a gimmick that he wore, uh, in the early days of uh, TNA transitioning into impact brand wrestling. Okay. And uh, he was the TNA champion. He was, he had a bulk of his career that a lot of people don't realize for the better part of a decade at uh, at TNA
0: impact. Okay. Yeah. See, I did not know that either. I am only familiar with Christian cage uh, through his WWE persona as tag team partner to Edge. Yeah. So Edge and Christian. Yeah. Is how I have known about him. That's yeah. the only time I've known about him. So I had no idea this 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 TNA into Impact era. When would have this been?
1: Uh, I believe it was like the late late two thousands, early like twenty ten. Okay. Um. So post post like as as Edge was getting in to like the, the main event and, and the title picture and things like that. And Christian was slipping out of the, the eye of the company entirely. Mm. He just, uh, edge, I believe, I believe Christian actually made his debut before edge retired. But, uh, I know by the time edge had retired, Christian was fully gone. And with, uh, impact TNA wrestling and, uh, debuted his captain charisma, like, uh, (laughs) his, his real over the top, let him, let him kind of develop in a way that he never did on his own,
0: uh, WWE. Okay. That's interesting. I did. I not. Um, and so, well, okay. So I I think this is awesome. I am. I like we talked about last week. I, I think that when you're grabbing, especially a brand like AEW that wants to make a mark, uh, I don't think I don't think the the way to make that mark obviously is just scooping up disaffected WWE superstars. No. Right. And I'm not saying that that's what this is. I, I don't I don't see that as this cuz like you pointed out it's this is 10 years removed from any of that because if he would have so so that's good. Um I think that this is still a talent thing. This is a ta- uh, uh, this is good talent over like I said, it's not the it's not the disaffectedness.
1: No, this is this is a case of somebody who wants a more uh, active role. In the industry, somebody who wants to still be able to tell stories, Mm -hmm. whether it's them in the ring or them coaching somebody else through a storyline that they think that they would be good with and knowing that their voice wouldn't be heard in one company and finding a way to get to a company that they know that they can be heard and and that would be appreciated and that talent would still be carried on. Same reason why you have like Matt Hardy in that company,
0: right? And it and it does kind of go back to the in a way when we were talking about Cody Rhodes last week. That's what I keep thinking of is that that Rhodes family uh, was from Dusty to Dustin to Cody. um, Gimmick's the wrong word. I don't want to say gimmick. Um, Showman. Yeah, they were they were showman as much as the as they were talented. Oh, absolutely. Um, And I don't think. It's. I don't. I don't like the way. I don't like the way that the WWE in recent days has <clears throat> um, muted any of the showmanship, the real showmanship, or the real character development. Even like weird shit, they don't like it anymore. I. I. In my opinion, like the, like. I what's a good way to say it. The Wyatt family is probably as crazy as they're willing to go anymore. And even then it's kind of like it's video tricks. It's not in ring.
1: So the, the, the big point of the, the Wyatt family, when they were doing those like swamp matches and everything else, that was literally ripping off what Matt Hardy was doing on impact wrestling at the time oh wow he had created this broken universe where he had gone mad and he was filming a lot at his personal like farm in north carolina Mm -hmm. and him and his brother jeff have like uh, uh sister properties and so like jeff and him are just over there and they're putting together stuff and thinking about weird things and hey let's do this and this and they just they just took backyard wrestling that they grew up doing and cinema. What? How would I say that? Uh, cinematized it mm-hmm. and created a, a format uh, with drone footage and like you know <laughs> some like cam footage, but you know just a real home feel to it, and mm-hmm. then put some flashy editing on top of it and sold it as a cinematic experience. And they did it first. Gotcha. And then. Oh, that idea transferred into the Wyatt family, transferred into the pandemic era of, oh, let's do a cinematic match with John Cena and and Bray Wyatt. And let's, you know, really try to let's do Undertaker versus, you know, somebody in a cinematic match.
0: Right. Um, yeah, I it's it. I don't. Um, yeah. And e- but even then, it's 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 lowest common denominator. It's so basic it's it's not like there there aren't canes and there aren't undertakers anymore you know what i mean they're it's almost like they don't want them to be that way um
1: it's 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 hard because there was such a hardline era against that uh it's it's kind of a little joke from what i've seen that uh jr still struggles with just calling jungle boy jungle boy and not <laughs> jungle boy jack perry gotcha and and there's no reason to talk about h- who he is, other right. than like trying to flash his dad's name, which has no respect to to him at all as a character, and right and letting Jungle Boy be Jungle Boy and hang out with Luchasaurus and be the ridiculousness that they are and gotcha. grow in that character, you know.
0: Well, is do you think that's part of what Jr. is doing, or do you think that it's he's as a as an on air personality like Jungle Boy Jack? Like there's a lot of alliteration. There's a lot of like, but then there's all that old school nature boy Ric Flair. Right? Do you is, think that's what there I, is. I, in and my then, head? I, that's what I think he's doing, and,
1: and to a degree possibly. Yeah. But you know, it it is a selling point to you know throw out his name. oh sure sure. sure so sure. it it, but it was also a selling point to put you know Ric Flair you know, right it, right. You could just say the nature boy. And, that right? is true. Nate, and, if and, you
0: said nature boy, I know who you're talking about. Exactly. That is true. I never even thought about that. Um, but that, but I'm, but I'm, but that's the thing. Like to your point of telling stories, um, I think that, I think that AEW is the place to tell stories, in my opinion, to come up with fun characters, to make it engaging. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They have an understanding of of character and character development Mm -hmm. and letting those storylines actually play out and have a payoff. And sometimes, last night was their uh, Revolution pay-per-view. Right, which is
0: where Christian signed. Christian Christian Cage.
1: Christian Cage made his uh, first appearance, signed with the company, and uh, uh, came out to his first TNA theme was his music they played oh, last was it? night. That's so, cool. it was, so it was a kind of cool nod back to his like real solo foray. Um, but uh, the, the pay-per-view overall was, was pretty good from what I saw. They just had some uh, complaints about the finish to the uh, exploding barbed wire match between uh, Kenny Omega and uh, John Moxley for the championship. And, uh, the the whole ring was uh set to explode and there was a big timer and this big to do and you know when the timer goes down there's like a fizzle and a pop and a few fireworks go off and it's kind of like the biggest dud on the planet and so they have a a little bit of a back door that they've left themselves where kenny said he rigged the ring himself so, you know, they can at least put it down to Kenny's incompetence with like explosives. But right. it it was kind of like, a oh, really, that's all we got kind of feeling. But there were some really awesome uh, gimmick rigs with uh, they had uh, pyro hooked up to the ropes that were wrapped in barbed wire so that. As the guys made contact with the ropes, it would just blow off an explosion. <laughs> and and it, it laid in a cool effect. Well, you know, you're watching somebody get flung into barbed wire ropes. Right. Or they had one where they had a bat that was wrapped and that had a explosive cap in the top. So when he hit him with it, the, the explosive cap popped off. So it looked like a big to-do with a big wrapped barbed wire. It's It was, right. it was a return to... Great old school hardcore death match from the like late nineties where, you know, come on, there is a little bit of all of us that enjoy the, you know, carnal Coliseum bloodlust of watching two guys just kind of beat the crap out of each other with blood.
0: Yeah, you know? absolutely. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of that. I am. I'm a fan of some of that, that just feeling like that old school. Mm. Um, it's it, because because at the end of the day, I think we talked about it last week. Is it the corporatization of it, the the sports entertainment aspect of it, kind of again creates lowest common denominator. It makes weak sauce, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. I've uh, um and oh, I, I did have a I did have a question uh, or a follow up with the with the Christian Cage thing. Is wasn't him an edge just on WWE in a pay per view like. They, two he, weeks ago or they showed up
1: he showed up uh i think he was at uh royal rumble
0: that's what it was it was royal, royal rumble.
1: rumble and uh edge edge has had a continuing storyline and been kind of more involved in christian as as it has been uh is more of a supporting player to edge mm-hmm. coming in and you know oh hey your old buddy christian comes in for the save for this or that but he was never under it tight contract or given solo opportunity for a storyline they didn't they don't want to see christian like that so there's you know clearly no harm for him to go somewhere where they could see a story or you know an opportunity for him to get in the ring and work with some guys and build up some talent and you know still keep a name for himself yes right. early 40s and you know that sounds like craziness but you know most most of the legends rocked until they were like 50
0: and right and i mean aj styles wasn't given a shot uh for his belt until he was like 39 yeah so it's if you can still keep up that is that is the one i I would argue that's the one thing that i i I did find engaging about wwe in the in the very recent past last five years or whatever is that's insane to me is to watch a dude work because i didn't like aj styles
1: yeah, I see. I loved AJ because I knew AJ from TNA.
0: Oh, okay. See, I just didn't understand it. Yeah. I didn't understand him. I was like, oh, I don't get it. I don't, yeah. uh, there's nothing, but he is, he was clearly a fan favorite. Yeah. And I get why. He, because he, he, he made his, he made his name. Yeah. He's, he's worked. Cause you don't just, cause if you're given a title shot at 39, yeah. You didn't start at 35. No no <laughs> right no. you started when you were 16 or 17 yeah you've been right? doing this a while you a just have not been on my screen right exactly and so to to have that materialize which when he won i got i was i texted a buddy i remember texting a buddy i was like i don't he's into it and i was like i don't get this what's so big about what's what's the big deal And he's like the dude's 40 like he's he, he's now getting his his just due at 40 and i was like oh my god okay i get yeah, he, I get the payoff.
1: He finally got what is at the, at the time revered as like the, the title of titles to have for, for history of, of professional wrestling in America. Yeah. But he spent, you know, 39 years, uh, building a dream and then pushing through that, through smaller companies, ring of honor. He started in for a long time. He t- spent time in new Japan, spent time in, uh, and uh, Impact TNA Impact Wrestling, and uh, he built that company up huge. Samoa mm-hmm. Joe came out of there, and you know that's another name. Like he, he's never been quite given the opportunity he should. Samoa Joe is uh Him and AJ are very neutered talents in WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're guys that have. Uh, a repertoire of of skill and, and move sets that aren't quite in the quote unquote WWE safety book. So it's like, if, if it doesn't matter if you can pull it off, if everybody can't pull it off, then nobody can pull it off. Right. So it's, it's a baseline safety thing that they kind of run. And uh, so there's he's got some really great moves that you know Joe and the muscle buster kind of gets like stripped down a little bit can't execute it the way he did for 15 years in the indie leagues or the smaller promotions and then has to come up and do some modified version of it it doesn't sell as well it doesn't look good his you know focus and demand goes down in the crowd's eye right and and it's like oh how is this his fault but WWE's like well you just can't can't cut it can't cut it up in our leagues and it's like no you know there's there's a reason why that Kenny Omega's One Winged Angel is the most protected finisher in professional wrestling mm. like nobody kicks out of the One Winged Angel like that's one of those rare finishers that is a finisher like the moxley had a moment last night where he kicked the rope after a one-wing angel and broke the count because an explosion went off when he kicked the rope and kenny jumped off of him so so they had a work through that he could break the count but it still protected the one-wing angel like he didn't actually kick out of he didn't kick
0: out he broke he broke yeah he he rope broke right yeah, he just threw a leg out and got yeah. lucky. Mm-hmm.
1: So it was it was a smart thing. They know how to do things uh. like that. Where WWE is just you know they neutered John Cena's fu and turned it into uh, I don't even remember the attitude adjustment. You know, mm-hmm. and then he just became more of a, a gimmick smiley guy soldier along the way, and yeah, and they just strip away some of that edge that you know everybody That's really it wants. Is.
0: There's no edge anymore. There's no, um, there's, there's none of the stone cold The the attitude, like I do listen, the it's, attitude era was, was awesome. It was the raw is war. All of that was a great time. Stone cold, uh, triple H, uh, sh- like the, the, uh, the, sound like an idiot that, now. That, that what is it? Degeneration generation X. X, the DX, the DX era is, um it was it was rough it was edgy it was experimental
1: it was that um, era on the microphone was the best well, era yeah now in the ring there are like you know impact had a stronger you know, era of of time when kurt angle was champion there that mm. that the attitude era just you know uh they had an X division they had different things where you had high flyers and you had a tag team division that was being worked on and built. And, and that in the ring was probably a stronger era than the attitude era. You know, overall there was still a lot of really goofy gimmicky matches mm-hmm. in the attitude era, but they did have like the masterclass of Mike magicians of that, of any era, you know, Austin, Jericho, even triple H grumbling through a promo could keep you like, Enthralled enough to like pay attention to the end of the promo without having some twenty-seven guys with a a laptop in the back writing different versions of of your you know what you're supposed to be saying. Yeah, you know they just had their words. Hey, you know. Also,
0: I mean, there's something to be said about a dude who got Lemmy to do his oh, absolutely all of his music, all of his, all of it from day one. Like and then come and play play it live. Exactly, exactly. That that there's. That's that's very few and far between. Um, so let me ask you this. Is it So you see all positives, no negatives for Christian going to AEW? No. No, okay. it's, it's a fantastic move for him.
1: It's a great move for them. It's good talent. Uh, he's going to do a lot. I'm excited to see what they do with the uh, kind of impact tie-in where they're kind of quasi-crossing over. Mm-hmm. And uh his history with them and that company and that title. Um, and uh if if Kenny Omega goes over to Impact's uh next pay per view and steals their championship away, are you gonna have a crossover moment where Kate these, these these Cage, C- yeah. Cage is gonna try to steal it from him and then he'll go back to Impact and and you know, defend his title there and be allowed to take his you know, that old school impact gimmick that he's bringing to a W back and forth to both companies.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think that that's great. You were, you were telling me, I think we didn't, I, the conversation we had wasn't even on Mike, but uh, you, you were telling me about the, the crossovers between companies. Uh, I don't think we talked about that last week, but that I found that in uh, uh, engaging as yeah. a, as a prospect. And I think I, when we talked about it, I likened it to, um, I liken it to old that's like it was like old school broadcast TV like network TV back in the day where um, a network would have two different properties uh, that were on the same night one after another and you know so we're like Magnum P.I. would cross over with Murder She Wrote where and
1: and, and they've started doing that again with uh, I was randomly watching something uh, and saw a commercial for uh, NBC like Chicago fire crossing over with, you know, Chicago rescue something. And like, and then this episode of this next, you know, so they, they kind of, Oh, they're all kind of in the same world. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And and they used to do that. They used to do that uh, on network TV all the time. Um, And it's, it's a lost art now. Um, But I think it's, but I would argue that it's also harder to do because there's so much content available now as we talked about this last week with the streaming and all that, that, that you, it's hard to create. There's, there's, there's not a, a small restricted universe. Like the NBC universe was the NBC universe. You had three universes, you know, back in the day in the eighties, it was ABC, NBC, CBS. Now
1: there's so many sub, 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 mm. subsets of subsets. I mean, you still share.
0: have, you still technically have just those three. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> uh, it's just, but it's know. now Sony. It's now, you know, Sony uh, Viacom, universal Viacom,
1: and Viacom, Viacom, right? Viacom, Disney, and, uh,
0: NBC Universal, Comcast. yeah, which is a Comcast. NBC Universal is Comcast, right? Yes, yeah.
1: So yeah, it's Viacom, Comcast and, and Disney
0: uh, and Disney, which is again your CBS, ABC, yeah, NBC. I mean, they, they just. But there's uh, so much more and they Fox. are offering. Yeah, now Fox. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, no, I enjoy that concept of crossing, um, products and companies in on with AEW and Impact. Cause that was what you were explaining to me is that they're doing.
1: Yeah. They're uh, they're, they're doing some nice little uh, it's not too much either. It's not like uh, impacts uh, the good brothers uh, formerly from the OC or the club in new Japan um, showed up at, kenny's behest on the main event of the Bar Wire explosion match mm-hmm. and put some pain on joan moxley John moxley took it back on them just you know being involved where they shouldn't be just kind of a you know that that hope and dream that every fan in that monday night era had that you know dx secretly got led in the back door by nwo and like they actually <laughs> right. had some like crazy crossovers but egos of of ownership you know prevailed over not allowing that to happen where now the ego is no we want to be the generation that made that happen we want to be the generation of wrestling fans and and wrestling promoters that see the value in that right
0: um, I, yeah, I think that, I think that that's something you see more in this generation because again, the properties are, um, you're right. Egos of ownership, you know, even, you know, a bunch of different corporate things, IP, all of those, all of those things that we, that people want to protect there. They're, it's like, it's like those, it's like those companies, these companies, AW and impact, they see the value of. There is definitely, and and it's arguably there is an inherent value to sharing. Oh yeah, cooperation, cooperation and collaboration. Like I, I, a modern day parallel or a current par- parallel with other other industries would be Sony absolutely. collaborating with Marvel yeah. for the Spider Man stuff. Absolutely make, it makes complete sense. There's oh. it's all wins. It's all That's, wins.
1: Everybody's gonna make more money. Yeah,
0: every all the fans are satisfied and the companies make money. It's yeah. really what it's about, right? Yeah. And in the meantime, you're telling good stories.
2: Yeah,
1: it's 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 proper execution through a uh, lack of ego. Yeah, driving more for an end goal and an end product that's gonna leave everybody happy. Why why wouldn't you do that? Mm-hmm.
0: Colle- yeah, I see. I see collaboration, and especially in the age of the internet, I feel like collaborative content.
1: Oh. Um,
0: it's almost like a product of it.
1: It. I mean, it's. Uh, The age of the internet's really funny when you get into the concept of collaborative content as there have been quite a few series that either have adapted straight fan fiction or used the concept of fan fiction in telling a narrative of an episode. Sure. You know, it's like... Dude, there's some really smart concepts out there. I wish I could have thought of that. So we're going to tie that in in the way of like Supernatural did a great episode of, of fan fiction where they showed up in a town and, and this girl was obsessed with the Supernatural books in the in the show. And uh, she had written her own fan fiction play about the, the guy's life and it's a real surreal you know this was totally some like reddit thread that you know they found and were like oh this is amazing Mm -hmm. and and it's that like you know open wink and a nod to to fan service but still staying true to your story enough to make it work
0: right yeah absolutely is supernatural still on
1: they just finished
0: just their last they just had their last series yeah they just their their last last series finally yeah
1: yeah 15 seasons, though.
0: Good Lord. That's insane. Yeah. That is insane.
1: And I was not, I was an anti supernatural for a long time because, um, uh, deep, deep WB pre CW cuts, uh, Jensen Eccles appeared the season before. Is he the short haired Winchester or the long haired? The short haired Winchester.
0: The better looking of the two.
1: Arguably. Arguably, yeah. yeah. But, um, Jensen uh, appeared the season before the first episode of Supernatural in an epi- uh, season of Smallville, and his character was so just repugnant and obnoxious <laughs> and and douchebaggy and like I didn't see the endearing side of that and didn't want to see the endearing side of that and so I let Supernatural slide for like you know about nine seasons before I sat down and gave it a shot. And uh my sister and brother in law were huge fans, and they were like, "You gotta get on this and so I sat down and crushed through like nine seasons before season ten started and then I was like on the train from then sure. but uh,
0: it's a it's a fun show oh I have no doubt i knew I knew they were on to something i've never i i am like I said I'm an amateur dork i i am i i do my research so I know. For example, I've never watched one episode of Supernatural, but I know that the two characters are the Winchester brothers. Right, mm. so like it's important to know these things.
1: Well, here, here's here's deep cuts. Ben Edlund is one of the creators on uh, Supernatural. Okay, Ben Edlund is also the creator of The Tick, and ben. the original. Okay, and uh, he's also behind the Boys on right. uh, Amazon. Gotcha. Um, so he's he's got a good head of understanding comic material, mm-hmm. and also understanding like the importance of sticking to something so they had a rule on the entire series of supernatural that they could tell any story they wanted but they couldn't make up mythology
0: so it had to have existed
1: it has to have existed somewhere in in like societal lore out there first okay So they couldn't just be like, oh, this monster of the week and some fish monster. No, it has to have some like, oh, in the the jungles of Peru, they talk about this or like, you know, and bring out some kind of supernatural beast from somewhere else. But, you know, it all had to have some kind of actual physical world tie back to like our societal mythology.
0: Interesting. Um, All right. So like they couldn't be like, because I know that there were demons and angels and stuff like that. But they couldn't be like, oh, demons now do this. They couldn't like make up new things. No, they, do.
1: they very much like had cast of demons where, you know, their are uh, Crowley is very much a crossroads demon. They mm. talk, they talk about like what kind of sect and set they come from and, gotcha and play that, that role, you know, I'm a deal maker. That's why, like, that's the role I play. Right and and the, they do tease in the reverse hierarchy of hell, which I think is one of my favorite. You know, demotions are levels up in hell. Uh, clever, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you 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 demote yourself all the way to the top.
0: Yeah, that's funny. Um, but so the reason, uh, but the reason I would argue that I knew that Supernatural was a dominant property is randomly I was in Minneapolis for work. Uh, the trade show at the Minneapolis Convention Center there, and on the last day we wrapped the show. It's usually a half day. We're done by noon. Uh, people are catching flights, or if you're staying, oh, the, yeah. you know, you're staying the night and you're whatever. I was uh, out the next morning. I, I'm I'm not one of those guys that likes to rush off or whatever. So okay. I was going to stay one more night. And but as we were wrapping the convention, we got on the escalators to head up to this uh, to, to head somewhere. I can't remember where we were going off to do, but we got on these escalators and I'm looking around and I'm like, there's an awful lot of teenage girls on this escalator. And then we get off and then we get, cause it's one of those multi-tiered convention centers. So yeah. we get off that one and get on the next set of escalators to go to the next level. And the, the sound of the sound of commotion Remember the movie Sneakers? Oh yeah, and he's like, it sounded like a cocktail party. Oh yeah, that yeah. I was hearing that the geese. Yeah, and I'm like, what the fuck is this noise? And again, I'm like, oh, there's 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 a lot of there's a lot of teenagers now. What, what is going on with these teenagers? And then I start noticing they have badges, yeah, like show badges. Yeah, and I'm like, what is going on? Is another- so I finally, it was just a lot of teenagers, and I I just I was you know I was we're getting off and I just, I, f- I was like, excuse me, just some rando. It's like, excuse me, what are y'all here for? Like, what is this? What is this you're doing? And she goes, it's a supernatural convention. Oh, yeah. And I was like, this TV show has its own convention, oh, yeah. like not part of a beggar. I actually said that. I was like, this is not part of a bigger comic comic no. and, and you know, whatever experience. And she's like, no, no. And just, this, and the convention center was packed.
1: Oh, it's, packed! It's, it's, it's a, a 15 seasons and hour long episodes hour long episodes 24 20, episodes a 20 season. 22 to 24 that's episodes. the old school shit old school shit yeah a lot of grind time 50 like that's that's cable like, but no no but no though,
0: they're broadcast broadcast they're broadcast uh
1: yeah. uh quasi network you know yeah, if you want to but not like cable, but like, yeah, it, yeah it's yeah. still a
0: network, but it's not like yeah. a prime. Not yeah.
1: the, the prime three. But exactly. It's that one that's trying to like push Fox out of the way and take that role. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, no, f- 15 seasons holding that every season after one was always a, well, will they get picked up this season? You know, every season, was, every we don't season, know, we don't season know. yeah, we don't know. We don't know until I think like season 10, then they had kind of hit a stride where their fan base was so big. It was just like, yeah. you guys want to do this again?
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we'll and do I, it. I, okay. So this would have been, and for, for frame of reference, this would have been f- seven years ago, six years ago. Yeah. So, so they,
1: they were probably, yeah. in that nine, season 10 season, eight, nine. Yeah. And they they weren't really worried about like uh, are we going to get another season? It's just yeah, like yeah, we'll, been, we'll just we'll go in and pitch them, and we yeah, got it.
0: 2015, 2016 yeah. is when I would have yeah. would have seen this. Yeah, I just it stuck with me. The, 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 that's insane. That's an yeah. insane property. It's um, a huge property.
1: It was a it was a really clever series. It was really fun. Uh, Jensen uh, and his wife opened a brewery with her brother and Austin. Yeah. So he's he's,
0: for, for living in Austin, he's not, my understanding, he's not a fan of what I do.
1: No. no <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Know, I get it. I get know, it. I get
0: uh, it. You know, but I think. Each their own.
1: Each, each their own. They they do what they do. But uh, ironically, uh, Jared uh, Padalecki has moved on to uh, the reboot of Walker, Texas Ranger.
0: I heard about that. And I actually think that that's an okay casting. It's not a bad I, I was like, that's not.
1: It's not a no. Not, no, it's not far off. Reboot of Walker, I love yeah. that.
0: So I'm like,
1: all right. Well, it's gonna happen. There, to yeah.
0: Oh, one hundred percent. Like, uh, there. <laughs> that's that's all we do. We we reboot. We remake. We recast. I mean, Kung Fu: The Legend Continues was out when I was a kid. Yeah, you know? I was just I was just reading about Kung Fu. Uh, so we just recast. We just recast characters, and wow. it's all right. It's okay that we do that. Um,
1: but I mean, that's literal. Everything over time. How many times back in in the like day of theater, you know, we didn't have a you know screen to watch things on. You just watched the production of of Peter Pan that they put on, and yeah, that the actors aged out, and you you took one group of friends to go see it this year, and then the next year you saw another production of it with a whole new cast, and you retell those stories, and then those get put on the silver screen and we adapt and play with those characters, but the tropes are all the same. Yeah. Every, every story has been told. Every song has ever been written. You know, it's one of those,
0: I guess. Okay. So I guess my thing is why? Uh, okay. <laughs> and I, I'm, the reason i I stopped myself is cause I'm answering. I can, my head's answering the questions as well, but I go, why, why reboot things? Why not go through the effort of, at least trying to rewrap it in something engaging, right? Take those, take those uh, same story arcs and those archetypes and rewrap them instead of, uh, oh, hey, it's it's this, but now the difference is it's that, right? It's by a- that,
1: by that, I mean. It's a familiarity thing. You're gonna. I think there's a nostalgia element. There yeah. There's there's a nostalgia element. There's a familiarity thing. So you know, it, it may have been like I I watched Walker a little bit when I was a kid. It wasn't like you know my top show, but Chuck Norris was awesome. So yeah. Chuck so Norris is man. You know, mom and dad are watching Walker. I'm gonna sit down and watch Cowboy Kick Some Ass. <laughs> um,
0: but. And it had uh, the dude from uh, uh Clarence Gilliard uh, Jr. Uh, yeah, from a Top Gun.
1: Oh yeah, no, it was it was it was a fun fun little show, oh. but uh, it also you know was a, it's a generalized enough approach to a, a procedural enforcement, but you can now play with it. I believe the new new version of it has him as a uh, widowed father raising uh, kids. And they're kind of just playing a different approach to Mm -hmm. the character and yeah, the procedures and the the Texas Ranger side of things. And, you know, the, the high kicks are all probably still part of it, but you know, that was how we sell, you know, the, the story of a, a widowed lawman, you know, now we're, we're going to tell a little bit different nuanced story instead of a guy who's just, you know, a superhero with a badge that, you know, doesn't really have anybody at home that worries about him.
0: Sure. Yeah. The, yeah, the lone, the lone wolf concept. Um, but there's, I mean, you're right. These, these kinds of, these, these, these generalized concepts make their appearances in various iterations, you know, network after network, uh, uh decade after decade.
1: Mandalorians, just, uh, lone wolf and cub meet, uh, uh, good, the bad, and the ugly. you know. Yeah. So there's, there's, yeah. there's, uh, all in a Star Wars box you know yeah, yeah exactly and but, contextualize but the star wars but that's why we like it. yeah
0: exactly yeah. yeah
1: you know that's it's it's the idea of getting this it's it's why buffets it's it's, am, I'm it's a man it's, that it's, likes it's, a buffet it's it's it, you know it's an it's an entertainment buffet when you allow your directors and your writers to go out there and say hey, you know we're, we're looking at this property how would you kind of play with that or how would we bring that back Talk about reboots in that era of reboots. Uh, I was a fan of the uh, reboot of RoboCop. I don't know a lot of people that were on my page, but uh, I thought it was a really interesting and like respectful approach to just kind of bringing that character back into like the ether of, of pop culture. And mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people were quick to judge it and shut it down because it wasn't... Like a bombastic apocalypto R-rated fest that the original was, they went for like a safer little PG thirteen action adventure. But they pulled off a really fun movie. Sure,
0: who was who was that again? That was um, Uh,
1: Joel Kinnaman.
0: Kinnaman. Okay.
1: But it had Samuel L. Jackson in it. Yeah, yeah, you you know Gary Oldman. How
0: can you go wrong? You can't go wrong with Gary Oldman,
1: the man. Like. Literally, uh, Gary Oldman and uh, uh, I'm blanking on his name. Oh, the worst. Uh, Frankenstein from uh, Mystery Men. Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey, oh, yeah, Jeff- Jeffrey Jeff- Rush. Jeffrey oh, absolutely. Rush. Jeffrey Rush and Gary Oldman. Just like. Those guys are great.
0: Yeah. Just put them in anything. Did you ever see the uh, the Peter Sellers uh, uh, film that Jeffrey, Jeffrey played Jeffrey yeah. yeah, so awesome, so good. So I couldn't think of any other actor that could do no, that. Like no. that's
1: well, it was like uh, Downey Jr. back when he did Chaplin. Mm-hmm. Like you know, and sometimes somebody's born to just fill out a role. Mm-hmm.
0: You know. Yep. Yeah. So um, I had something to connect with that. What was it? Reboots, reboots, reboots. Uh, oh yeah. Um, the concept of, you know, every network had, has their own version of that. Like, uh, I was going down, I, I got into one of those internet, internet holes where you're just doing research on stupid stuff, right? Nostalgia hole. And it was, I, I said, I, it was, uh, remind me what USA, Hey, Wikipedia, remind, remind me what all the original programming USA ever had. Oh, yeah. You know, and so I found the the article that has the list of all the individual Monk. USA television shows that like they had produced M- Monk and, and yeah, but like uh, back back even before even that before with that. Duckman and oh, yeah. uh, Weird Science, and then I got back you know Pacific oh, Blue,
1: Pacific Blue, Uh uh-huh. oh yeah, um, Duckman, Weird Science. The critic was on both USA and, and MTV.
0: F- yeah, I think they didn't they do it on Fox. They started it on Fox, but I think that's they right. That's finished, right. That's right. Yeah. finished yeah, 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 yeah.
1: over on those after Fox. Began. Um,
0: but yeah. Uh, so, and, uh, Weird Science, uh, or some others. Renegade. Renegade. Wait, Lorenzo, Lorenzo Lamas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot that, you, that Renegade was or a thing. It was a, yeah. Um, and, uh, but that's, those la are Femme the Nikita. La, yeah. LeFemme Nikita. Um, with the, yeah. And, uh, which I didn't know that they had rebooted again yep. recently. Not not recent, recent, but like recently in, in, the, last in the last handful of years. Yeah. Um, but those, I mean, like Renegade is a perfect example. It's it's the trope of the lone wolf put, putting right what once went wrong, yeah, or what was going wrong, kind of a thing. It's, it's, um, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, Quantum Leap. I f- I I make the I make the joke, but. That's literally the same thing. Oh. Only contextualizes something else. Oh, hundred percent. Dude, traveling around making yeah. things right for people. Oh, yeah.
1: Right. It's touched by an angel. Yeah. But it, si- there but is. Science, There you go. Science it's, by an angel. Right. Yeah. It's you yeah, know.
0: exactly. <laughs> exactly. Touched by science. Touched by not, science. Not touch, Touched yes. by a quantum physicist. Yes. Not touched by an angel. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, no, that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. That's, that's a, That's exactly the riff I'm talking yeah. about is it's highway to heaven. Highway to heaven. Yeah. um, The Hulk? Yeah, the Hulk. Holy (laughs) shit. You can trace this back, can't you? Oh yeah. Um and that's Kung Fu. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's it's all the same trope. Um Uh, the A team. The A Team is definitely the same. The A Team has a lot in common with Renegade in that they were the wrongfully convicted. Yeah. Uh, you know, so they're they're on the run kind of a thing. Um uh which is yeah. it's it's it's, that's a that's a similar trope
1: yeah it's it's it's, we like we like to swallow the the food but we like to change our spices
0: yeah And, and that's and i guess that's kind of my argument is is like why i'm it's nice that meatloaf is popular again but couldn't you do something more creative with the meatloaf besides change who the main character is yeah right yeah um it's come up with something and gate like you know it's you know we could have the same conversation in a year oh. and be like it's like this only oh yeah. it's that and i and that's fine i find that engaging but it's which is which is why
1: i talking I don't about know, usa shows I, I always was a fan of psych
0: oh 100%
1: because they were so tongue in cheek about what they were doing the entire time
0: the entire show knew what it was doing
1: and to the point where they would just openly mock the mentalist. No. Who was the, trying the to do the a, mentalist, yeah. Trying to do a We're, serious take on the same exactly. concept that they ripped off like six weeks after Psych went into production. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, no, Psych Psych was so so smart and so strong of a show that they've had two or three like made for TV movies to yeah, follow they, it up.
0: Yeah, they just had their second one the just set, dropped on Peacock, yeah. yeah. I watched that.
1: It was good.
0: Um yeah, I I want to watch that because I had no idea all that happened during the pandemic. I had no idea that what's his name had a freaking stroke and had like half his half his head removed. uh which one? lassiter Oh, I had um, no idea. Uh what's uh, his name? Timothy, Timothy uh pfft.
1: Uh, Edmondson, 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 or whatever. Oddly, to tie back into Supernatural, he was in Supernatural and a fantastic character in that. Yeah,
0: um, we we my, the wife and I just saw him in something like forever ago. I mean, like early nineties, forever ago. Like I can't remember what it was. It was like an oh, it was like first season of Frasier. Yeah, it was a uh, it was an episode of Frasier that I remember because I've been I spent I spent the like Christmas time, rewatching all the uh, started. Uh, we, Candace and I picked a, a series and then just watched it. So we picked Frazier and watched it from yeah. one to, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, he shows up in like 98. It's like, Holy cow. So he had a, he had a stroke in spring 2017. They had, they did re- complete reconstructive surgery on the side of his head um, to help like alleviate swelling and all this other stuff and fix it. So, when you watch, um, like they, I, my understanding is in that, in that made for TV movie, they make that kind of part of it where he shot and then has a and, stroke on the yeah, table.
1: And in the, the first movie in 2017, that was, uh, uh, when they got, had to rewrite and do all that. Mm-hmm. So, uh,
0: yeah. Which is why he was, he's only in, he's only on like the FaceTime chat in the first movie. Yeah. He's, and, and he, that had, he had, it had just happened then. Yeah. Um, and my wife was my wife watches that show, um, This Is Us. Yeah, is that the one? I'm and he possibly. had a story arc in this last season where he played a recovering stroke. Uh, it's almost like they're using, which is great. You know, right. because to be honest, I don't know a lot about that. Right. And so, you know, the more you know, it sucks that this is the catalyst for it. Right. But to watch him continue to work, I think is great. Um,
1: any any neurological thing is utterly fascinating. And if he can like push through and perform and, and be able to like bring that to a role and bring attention to it and awareness in a way that, I mean, most people don't think about uh, any kind of neurological damage. A a buddy of mine back in Tennessee, his dad had an aneurysm survived uh, like stroke After that, in the hospital, recovered mostly fully physically. But then there were, like, full personality changes. Like, a guy that didn't drink beer was, like, a hard whiskey drinker, hated the taste of whiskey suddenly, and just give me a beer, it's fine. Right. you know little tweaks little subtle things in in your mind that you don't even realize you know just chemically change or timid chemo- like switch or something changes just a, a, a little percentage because the little b- blood pressure went wacky
0: right yeah my you know? my uh my old man had a stroke the during the pandemic um i mean he's older which is you know to be expected but yeah it was it was interesting to watch um and he had a really interesting attitude about it. Is he? When I talked to him the last time I talked to him, he was just like, "He's like, listen, it's like, I'm eighty, I'm eighty three already." He's like, "It's, it's, I understand where I'm at in life, right?" He's like, "But he's like, it's not, it's not the biggest deal in the world." He's like, "I just am gonna have to do things a little differently from here until yeah. I check out." And I was yeah. like, "Well, okay, it's a good attitude to have about it."
1: I've, I feel like I was uh, spoiled in the concept of, of accepting mortality as a child, watching um, Dr. Green accept his fate on ER. Mm. You know, when you grew up, like, or were of a certain age, and you watched, like, eight, ten seasons of, of Anthony Edwards, like, kill it, and then he, you know, decides to embrace his cancer go live on a beach in Hawaii and just live life the way he wants to. Right. Like it kind of just opens your eyes to, Hey, you know, it. it it's all not always feasible, but you know, this is my shot at life. I'm going to yeah, just go out on the note I'm going out on.
0: Hey, I'm fine with that. That I think those are that. And again, things that things that I think in the media, we, in terms of the, the, the fictional media that we uh, consume, I, why not have more of those kinds of stories? I like that um one division let's, let's let's get into it. My understanding, bringing back from last week, like I had talked like we talked earlier, I had every intention of doing show prep and research to have this conversation today. Um, yeah, we we can go into depth later. It's we okay. can definitely do that later, but uh it sounds like my initial hypothesis that we talked about last week might be a little flawed. Possibly. Yeah. It sound because we but, but not. It, yeah, it's it's still it's still possible. I they they might end up doing it in a different way.
1: I think I think the the end game idea is still there. The execution of such is is a little bit different. So um my my just cliffs cliffs notes of, mm. of, of the entire series is this is nine episodes of us legal explaining why we can call her Scarlet witch and why she's actually so badass.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: Um, this is, this is kind of like, like Wanda becoming who she's always meant to be as a character in the MCU. Mm-hmm. This is her stepping up to a level like alongside Dr. Strange on 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 caliber of of power and ability and like of of really being a force to be reckoned with and and really uh i believe that she's gonna show up in dr strange too like she's got a big role to play in marvel's magic world coming up and and Mm. so that uh if, if the movies are uh, a one-shot comic, you know, you got to pick up a, a, a book that has a bombastic, you know, a explosive story that, you know, hooks you from beginning to end and you enjoy the fun little ride. And there's, you know, slim expo- exposition of, of, of depth character-wise. Like, this is a nine-episode series that is the limited series that you go pick up on the shop that that... It's going to give you the deeper character story that you want. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. I'm totally down with it. We've got Falcon and winter soldier coming out in like literally two weeks. Yeah. No, and, then act, week.
0: and then Loki, not too short not yeah. shortly after that. And
1: if, and if it's that same thing where it's like, Hey, we're going to, here's the wider adventure of where these guys are. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to, Oh, they'll be in this movie next, or they'll pop up in this movie next. You know, that's fantastic. That's, a great way to approach this. Not everybody needs a, a sequel. Captain America has gone. We don't need a captain America four. we get a, you know, winter soldier and Falcon series. That's kind of going to lay that gap work. Yeah. And then, which I'm fine with. Exactly. And it's, and it's going to give a different pacing and a different possibility of, of narrative st- storytelling. Yeah. So you're not having to cram everything in an hour and a half, two hours, right. three, three, if you're, you're going to really,
0: yeah, you're going to get 10, Ten plus hours of that storyline, yeah. delivered once a week. Yeah, you know, <laughs> well, ten hours total after the series runs. Uh, I mean, and not
1: line. even in that. And I think WandaVision altogether, because some episodes are like thirty-five minutes. The That's whole right, thing clock, The whole thing probably clocks in at like six hours. Yeah, which you know is is a huge undertaking to tell a movie in six six hours, mm-hmm. but like to sparse it out and tell it as a miniseries. It's kind of smart, you know, and the and the fact that we're in a benched culture and that we're in a in a culture where, you know, watching a series or watching a season of something uh, even over a few days is is not, you know, a a strange concept. Uh, It's certainly for a lot of people easier than taking the time out, sitting down, watching a movie.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Especially by especially where you can bite off little bites of it at a time. You don't have to sit down. um, So one of the things I've been seeing is, and and it seems like it's mostly from people who do are doing what we are attempting to do with this show. Is there a lot of people who are upset in the, um, uh, a lot of people who are upset in the um, uh, review, the YouTube review sphere and all of that, that I'm seeing because the vibe I got from doing my my initial research is there are a lot of things that smell of lost um where there are there are things that they did in the show that they didn't explore and people read too much into and they all ended up sort of being red herrings is that your sense
1: um i, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily go as far as say that they they threw a bunch of red herrings they made you feel like anything was they definitely opened possible doors of 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 thought like oh maybe it's this or maybe that's that maybe it's you know but that's that's also going to come down to the assumer really at the that's end of the true. day you that's, know that's that's, that's you, on you to you you as the watcher are the one that's assuming that you know what's going to happen you the watcher the one that that your ego is now involved, and you're like, hey, hey, "I'm comic, but I'm going to tell you all the just the, the stories that they're aping off of." No, it's it's really at that point you're setting yourself up to absolutely be bamboozled and and follow every red herring and follow yeah. follow you know it it's it's you turn into Fred and in Scooby Doo. Yeah. You know, you're you're literally like, oh, I knew it was this guy Well, you know, Velma and, and everybody else are like, no, it was old man withers. What are yeah, you talking the about? whole time. Like, yeah. You know, uh it's it's the people who don't expect it that see it how it actually plays out. Right. But it's the people In,
0: who, instead of watching it for what it is, yeah. watching it for what you wanted it to be.
1: Absolutely. You know, there's there's a certain level of like goofy giddiness that i got saying watching certain parts and 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 in my mind you know i had that natural tendency to just flutter through the oh what if it's what if it's yeah what if it's yeah. this? but i had a an anchor uh, uh my partner she's never really watched any of it and has no concept of any of it right. so she's the grounding of just watching it straight for what it is and mm-hmm. she can turn around and be like Oh, hey, so what is this? Uh, why, are, why are they doing that? Okay, okay. And looking at it really clearly, you kind of have to cut out your, your own perceptions of where and what they do and have to just go, well, this is what they've explained so far. Right. Let's see how they unfold it. Because I don't want to sit there and spin a narrative that it doesn't play out that way it's, it's going to make me look like an idiot in front of, <laughs> of her. And so it kind of helps keep me in check watching that. Yeah. You
0: don't want to get over, uh, over analytical or over hypothetical because what if you're wrong?
1: What if I'm wrong? Then I just (laughs) look at it. So it's like, all right,
0: all right. Um, Would you argue uh, one of the other things I've, I've been seeing is um, would you argue that it makes a lot of the early MCU television shows obsolete? Um, the biggest the biggest example being that um, Jessica Hahn's character is something which, I can't remember the, the Marvel comic. Ag- character's Agatha, name, Agatha but something or other. Yeah, um, she has another, another name in the comic book series. Yeah. Um, but she has this magic book, this book of magic s- spells yeah. that appeared in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., already but as something differently or could you just could could we easily go hey i think this could be multiverse shit because i know that it could
1: it could be the issue with agents of shield in general is uh because marvel television was a separate production um from the rip um when agents of shield started that's why you only ever got like a touch nod of like a D-list character outside of like the first Samuel L. Jackson right, appearance. In the first in the first episode. The first yeah. episode you get Sam Jackson coming in there trying to like boot swing this thing for them, and then after that you get a Lady Sif appearance, or like you get a Colby Smuld- Smulders appearance, mm-hmm. like on, on on a random kind of episode. But it really just then built off of their characters and their stories, and the 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 fairly self-contained at that point. Right. Yeah, the Marvel Netflix projects were slightly more connected and there is a, a open possible I've heard rumor that uh Charlie Cox possibly being involved with the new Spider-Man film in some some regard.
0: That would be that would be lovely because I think Daredevil Daredevil was didn't get yeah, I mean it was awesome. It, it
1: was the best well I'm, I'm, you know, current climate of things aside, uh, of 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 the world in general. The the Punisher series was really amazingly done.
0: It was really good.
1: Um, John Berenthal did a great job. Both seasons, actually, both both seasons of 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 putting together a story that a lot of people don't understand. Um, about Frank Castle and uh, most writers of the character have a kind of concept with, but Garth Ennis is the one that took it to another level. And it's, and it's basically Frank Castle shouldn't exist. There's no reason for him to exist. He only exists because society is as twisted and bad as, as bad as it is. But Frank's not there for any glory, any acknowledgement, anything. Frank wants to be a ghost and he doesn't want to exist himself. Right. He wants the world to straighten it, that itself up and he just wants to be able to go away.
0: Yeah, and they, they, if I if I remember correctly, because it's been a while since I've watched both both seasons, uh, is that he he is just fine dying himself. A hundred percent.
1: He he know he fully acknowledges his part of
0: the problem. Right. And every every engagement and any kind of act of violence is with the express hope that he doesn't make it out alive. Yeah. Either.
1: It's it's it's. I'm I'm willing to to lay down because I want. Even, even the monster inside me to go away. Right.
0: Right. Um, but, yeah, I think that I, I thought that uh, the first, what, the first, had, there were three seasons of Daredevil? Uh, Yes, three seasons. Because the first season was the basic origin black, story. Black, you know, wrapped had and yeah. done, even
1: a full costume second season season
0: two was the season with the Punisher. Yeah. Right. And then and season three had, the had to do with, with the hand.
1: hand. and Yeah. It wasn't bad. Mm. I just feel like they, they had already gotten the writing on the wall from Netflix and that Marvel and like, well, we're not going to feed any more money into you guys. So yeah. just, just make the best out of this. And you know, some people did and some people didn't, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, there was there was an opportunity, but you know, it comes to hey, can we can we can we major league this and pull off the win despite the fact that the owners want to move the team to a different network, right? Do we right. show them that like we're producing the best, most badass Marvel material on the planet, yeah. or do we just phone it in because screw it, we're already done? Exactly,
0: and and they had already provided two seasons with of, of really good material for the Marvel universe, in my opinion, they did. Um, And
1: it would be nice to see those kind of get swallowed in through the multiverse of madness or through some, some kind of acknowledgement,
0: throw it into the Spider-Man universe, just because that's where he belongs. Anyway, I had a, I had a thought about this is that the, that the Marvel universe works in um, three tiers, right? You have local heroes, you have national heroes and you have universal heroes. Right, it's kind of you have, you 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 kind of like a like your your local heroes are Spider Man, Spider Man, Daredevil. They have a Punisher. Yeah, they they they, live. They exist in New York. They don't really go anywhere else. Right until early on. Early, yeah,
1: absolutely. They they were very foundational to like their their location was as much a character of the story as. Right as
0: as they were. Right, and then you know you had your kind of your uh, uh you know you had your your more larger scale heroes. Then you had your Avengers level p- characters from other dimensions and characters from other Marvels, worlds. You're, yeah,
1: your your and Thor's. Your yeah, beyond, exactly beyond our realm.
0: Yeah, you. you I know. mean, yeah, because people like Tony Stark were, in my opinion, Iron Man was sort of that mid level tier. He was at the beginning.
1: He was, he was a, a, like a, a global hero. Yeah. He was, he was, you know, known throughout, you know, the world.
0: Mm-hmm. And then through, and that was at the beginning, like I said, this it's, when in, in, in their initial inception and that's kind of, I'm just using that as sort of a, a whatever. But then there's also like you point out is there's some small on the Netflix side, less so on the ABC side, there's some small connections to what's going on. Um, but it's difficult too, because it's
1: always a wink and a nod with things. With right. Him. It's like a,
0: um, the, the newspaper. Uh, Like if you, yeah. if you, in that first season, when what's her name is hanging out with uh, the newspaper writer and you look behind him, all the, all the, all the, the crisis. Yeah. The, the Avengers the,
1: the event, the, the alien catastrophe yeah, is
0: all on the wall or whatever. Yeah. Um, if, if I'm not mis- there, there is some things that would need to be corrected just a little bit. Oh no, no, not really. Oh no, they don't, they don't need to be corrected. I was just going to say, if you were going to try to tie daredevil back into Spider-Man, um, which is where he belongs, which is where, you know, Spider-Man, Daredevil, Punisher, they all exist in sort of the same universe is not the right word, but you know what I mean?
1: I, I always, uh, like if if they were smart about it um they had a built-in sub marvel category that they looped a a group of these heroes um anti-heroes heroes that kind of fit outside the box um they put uh uh black panther was in the group at one point but it was uh uh daredevil and uh punisher and moon knight and a couple of these others like look street level heroes that were the marvel knights ghost right street
0: level heroes i like that yeah,
1: and they are they're street level heroes they they that's they're commonly referred to as like the, the they fight the crime on the street yeah they're, they're not they're not going to space and fighting you know uh the invasion of the scrolls they're they're you know handling you know a battle with you know abomination on the ground you know they're they're dealing with some street thugs that are you know in need of a penance stare like they're they're on the ground foot soldiers you know yeah and then you have your high flying commanding officers your captain america's your other guys that you know let's let's
0: see where we can go Mm -hmm. you know but uh if i'm not mistaken i was gonna say that the the my concern like there's there's things that they would need to fix because of licensing again um because uh i think in daredevil ben um it's ben something uh who the reporter it, he works in the comics he works at the daily bugle but in the Ooh, in the show. netflix show he works at the new york post yeah I think it's New York. Yeah, it's New York Post.
1: But that—that's—that's that's the beautiful thing. If they do it correctly with whatever the Spider-Man crossover is right coming up,
0: but if, then I and then I forgot about at the end of uh, Far from Home, yeah, where they which was genius in turning the Daily Bugle into an Alex Jones Infowars type that. a website. Oh, absolutely, that was genius. And so now they've auto they've automatically corrected, yeah, any of that. Uh, the, be, yeah, because technically, theoretically, Daily Bugle didn't exist yeah. until they brought it up. Yeah, right.
1: And and since technically that's still the same universe, you know. Mm. Yeah, he the the news publication is is safe, and the Daily Bugle could have been like an editorial page in the Post that they had, and then War Z. Uh, J.J. Uh, Jonah got a little too much and so they pushed him out and he joined the digital age you know right exactly and so there's their story and, and you know the expounding that they can do to you know push that narrative should they choose and even using uh, oh, what's his name
0: that plays J. Jonah oh uh, J.K. Simmons <laughs> phenomenal. I uh, again always always perfect casting. And that's what's so funny too is uh, again part of that whole multiverse concept wow. is getting him like Jay Jonah Jameson that guy exists. It's the it just is genius playing back into what we talked about last week with yeah. uh um Andrew Garfield and uh, the Toby Maguire yeah. uh universes yeah. uh, or franchises uh, that where the actors are coming back. That's to me, that's a genius level move, Oh yeah, especially even on the, even in the multiverse oh, yeah. is to go. Cause J Jonah Jameson exists in all these different multiverses. Same guy. It's always, it's He's always, always yeah, the guy, always the guy. Yeah. So um, he may look
1: a little different, but it's always the guy. Exactly.
0: Um, I did have a, a final question wrapping up the Marvel stuff. um, so um, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. We've, we've already kind of dealt with the multiverse concept, even if in a cartoon um, and even if it was a really good cartoon that I enjoyed was, thoroughly and had an awesome soundtrack and great voice actors and was very funny. It was, it
1: was probably one of the best produced animated productions by Marvel since the 90s.
0: Yeah, and that's a that is also a Marvel Sony collab, correct? Yeah, it would have to be. Yeah, but why go back down that well if we've already dealt with it?
1: Live action, um, yeah. it it opens the opportunity of of allowing you to play with the nostalgia of the actors that we've already seen, uh, bringing them in, and then opening the door for. I feel like this is going to open the door for uh, a live action Miles Morales. Oh, well, yeah. And, and, would have to, yeah. And if, if I'm, you know, a smart man and a betting man as far as like licensing and understanding properties and things go, it would be beneficial to them to get a Miles Morales ball off the ground so that you can say, all right, well, Peter Parker is over here on this Avengers adventure in the MCU and Miles Morales is in New York doing his thing. Right. And you can simultaneously produce films with those characters and keep revenue streams on both ends. Okay. That's not bad. It's, it's, it's a smarter idea to singular progress the storylines of, Mm -hmm. of a new character of Miles Morales and then take, the three movies we got with our new beloved Peter Parker, Tom Holland, and shift him into gear of, of an MCU player. You gotcha.
0: know? Yeah. That makes sense. Um, if they open the door for, um, for a live action, Miles Morales, do you think that, do you think we'll, uh, we'll see Donald Glover come back, uh, and be a larger role than his one, than his one or two scenes from the first movie?
1: Uh, I mean, he would have to be, uh, like, Prowler and and his relationship with his his nephew and things definitely should and I don't think Donald Glover's cooled off in Hollywood
0: by any means. Oh, not at all. It's it's, I still think that dude writes his own checks.
1: Oh yeah, whether or not he decides he wants to 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 do the job, um, and I I don't think there's anything inside him that would be like no, I can't do that. You know, Mm. it's it's the same reason Simon Peg picks up the role on the boys. Uh, playing the dad, right? Uh, because you know he's a little too old to play Wee Huey at this point, but you know he has to just at least jump in there and appreciate the nod,
0: right? And him from space was
1: the him from Spaced was the original, original design, yeah. You know, concept for Wee Huey, you know. So it was, a, it was, it's a, a fun appreciation. It's, mm-hmm. it's the same reason that we get uh, Michael Keaton coming in the Flashpoint movie. You know, we get to enjoy Ben Affleck again. Which I don't care who you are. That first, that first Batman scene in Batman v Superman, when you get to see Affleck like being a weirdo and jumping from like the inside of the roof and chasing people down and fighting in hallways and things. That was like hands down one of the best Batman introductions mm. of 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 the character. Dark enough, you know, hit hit hard you know guy in the shadows uh bang not uh oh bruce wayne oh the things oh the things mm-hmm. it's it was just a uh, batman you know yeah, and okay. uh so I've, I've appreciated what he he could do with it and i'm definitely interested to see where uh matt reeves takes uh the former sparkly vampire robert pattison and goes with his story because that's a different universe spin and not going to tie in with the ben affleck verse right um but it's an acknowledgement and if they're doing it flashpoint all the way to a a a level it may end up being where matt reeves batman becomes the batman after flashpoint Mm -hmm. like flashpoint resolves with a, a a kind of a new written universe And, you know, a new take on, on a lot of heroes. And, uh, so they may be using that as their backdoor fix all for, you know, resetting their universe cinematically in a way that like kind of flows a little tighter, a little cleaner, you know,
0: is that, is that something that DC is what I guess I'm, I'm, what is DC's plan?
1: I, I don't. I, the, the only thing I know for sure is they or, have they have some features announced. They have some mm-hmm. series for HBO announced.
0: Um, do you think that do you think that their goal is to do it not a uh, sort of the anti Marvel way? In that rather than have it be a plan, let's just keep making stuff.
1: Absolutely. I, uh, the beauty of their entire universe is their their history and acknowledgement of their multiverse right you know they in in their comics and outside their comics the the fact that they they so willingly go yeah we have a multiverse and that multiverse we are just telling the stories of earth 71 in the flash tv show right. and those connect with the Earth seventy one arrow stories, but Supergirl was in Earth eighty three until the crisis happened, and then we changed this and put her in Earth seventy one. Well, Earth seventy one in the larger GC scope, you know, and it it seems convoluted by somebody who doesn't want to like jump down those rabbit holes, right? But it's also a level of appreciation to just acknowledge that everything you've ever done does exist, and they're they're like massive macrocosm of, of multiverse.
0: Right. And almost, it, may, it almost makes it easier for them to, it's almost like them saying it doesn't matter. Like if your question is, well, what about this? It doesn't matter. It That's doesn't a different matter. thing.
1: It, that, that, that universe clearly
0: is its own universe. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it, it's almost like going, Oh, you don't, it will, you know, you're, you're Wonder Woman is doing a, a specific set of things in, in this movie. It's like, Oh, if you don't like that, go read Batman. Yeah. You know, go read that comic. Yeah, maybe they'll cross over. Maybe they won't.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe they'll end up in the same point of of, of story at some point and cross over. Cool. Yeah. And then maybe doesn't, that character will do something you appreciate, or yeah. or maybe that storyline will mean something differently. You know, right?
0: And, or and just because they did doesn't mean we'll do it in a whatever. Maybe our Batman and our Superman, because it's because to your point, like they've acknowledged that there's a multiverse and that multiverse. Uh, also is consistent with their cinematic universe being one of the universes. It doesn't have to follow any fucking story. It no. doesn't have to follow, you know, whatever this infinity, you know, the infinity gauntlet, it doesn't have to follow anything really.
1: So they, they did a really, uh, fun crossover on their CW shows, uh, last season. I believe it was the crisis on infinite earth where they, uh,
0: that's again, back to, back to my point about the TV shows, Marvel for, ver- you know, with the ABC and whatever, the acknowledgement of that, um, you know, cause people are like, well, why isn't Smallville or whatever playing Superman and whatever? And yeah, you know, I've heard those, I've heard those questions, but it's like, who cares? It's,
1: but they, they did. So they, they, they did it though. They did it with this mini series crossover event with all their, their shows on CW at the mm-hmm. time. And they did the Crisis on Infinite Earths. They start with Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow and Flash and Arrow, and they cross over through all of the shows. And they tell it a, a multi-episode narrative, sometimes right in the middle of their season, just to kind of like, hey, we're going to put everybody together. We're going to get Flash over here on Supergirl. We're going to have, you know, this character show up on this show, and we're going to have these. And they and and they do a good job of not overindulging one group of characters on every episode they right. they they play with it but they depth charged so hard on crisis on infinite earth so the show crossover that they have ezra miller's flash from justice league appear, so the movie universe crosses over interesting they have uh to The point, but this is
0: more of acknowledging the A- multiverse, acknowledging
1: the multiverse, gotcha, acknowledging the multiverse, and that they have uh Tom Welling returning to play Clark Kent in the Smallville universe. Wow, okay, they have uh Lucifer, uh, from the former Fox, now Netflix series, Netflix, Luc- yeah. Lucifer. Pop up in a crossover moment. Oh, he like, shows up in a oh, that's yeah. Cool. They show up in L.A. and and Constantine needs to talk to him and and yeah. That,
0: that show didn't take off, did it?
1: Unfortunately, they had one season and it did not take off, and they gave up on it very quickly. And that's
0: too bad. I like that character.
1: The, I like that character a lot. He the the series did a great job of playing that character how he's written, which is kind of a dick like he only cares about himself and he isn't really a character to root for and Mm -hmm. and uh the portrayal that i believe it's matt ryan not the uh quarterback but uh is his name that plays uh the tv version of constantine um and he absolutely nails every aspect of that character in such a way that they given the opportunity, they had to bring him back. They did a little animated, you know, season to try to keep him around and used his voice. And then uh, as soon as they were, you know, given an opportunity, they brought him into legends of tomorrow and tried to keep the character alive in their small screen because he, he was so good at that role, you know? Yeah. In, in the, in the realm of like, reboots it would be nice to see as opposed to like starting scratch from something like giving giving that second chance you know don't have to reboot the entire series but you can you know use the same actors and like you know make a special launch of a new season in a way that is presented in a different style that may be more palatable you know that that 30 minute to Hour episode flux of telling a narrative that's necessary, as opposed to cramming an exact 42 minutes, 44 minutes. in for a network series, you know, you have HBO max. Now as your, you're pretty much home, home box office streaming for superheroes if you need to. And, uh, so why not take advantage of that and, uh, you know, use your IP appropriately.
0: Right. Um, Speaking of IP, is the Morbius movie going to be MCU or is that a Sony only? Do you know? uh, I'm Googling it right now. I don't know
1: for sure. Um, I haven't heard of any like crossovers, but I do believe in their deal. Uh, There's always the potential for crossover, Uh, even though Venom was a Sony project. There is still, you know, on the table as far as like production deals go that Tom Hardy will appear in a Spider-Man movie. You know, there's still contract written out somewhere that, you know, uh, he Morbius may appear in a
0: Spider-Man movie. I actually am kind of uh, uh, excited to see that Morbius movie. It looks uh, a- engaging. Uh, um,
1: yeah, Definitely curious to see the direction they go
0: right. It, uh, it looks like it's not a lot of, um, uh, there's not a lot of, uh, exposition. I mean, it's obviously an origin story, but I think that of every, that uh, that is, is if this, is the first time you're bringing a character to the screen. I think that an origin story is definitely, uh, necessary. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's well within the bounds of uh, good taste. Yeah. To do it. Um, but uh, I don't see, I don't see anything listing Kevin Feige. But it does say production companies Columbia Pictures and Marvel Entertainment. Um, do you? Uh, these are just some of my random takes that I had notes on. Uh, do you think Mahershala Ali will be a good Blade? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely.
1: All right. Uh, he's got, uh, uh a gravity, uh, mm. to, to him. He, uh, is coming into it at an age where you would expect that Wesley Snipes would try to get it back. But, um, uh, really, I, I think it's, it's a good, it's a good call. It is. Uh, he's, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know really how to, further go on that other than from from what i've seen him in and and the roles that he plays i have nothing but the the highest hopes for i mean what he can do yeah i'm a blade fan i'm a blade Uh, fan i the first one with steven dorf is still like a phenomenal movie like (laughs) it's still a great movie um it holds up for for what it is um some of the sequels you know they go down some some fun rabbit holes and some goofy like Marvel tales, but uh, you know Blade and Dracula and things. But uh, definitely, I think they have an opportunity uh, to really engage in in oh vampires in the MCU. You know that
0: that again back with the Morbius stuff is that like yeah this is a this is a a, a new dimension, so to speak for what they've uh, allowed in. And so exploring uh, which is what, which I think um, I think WandaVision, I think phase four is going to be about getting weird. If that that sounds right. Or if you understand what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. I feel like stepping phase one was very industrial Mm -hmm. uh, foundations of, Iron Man and and origin stories for for Hulk, Iron Man, Captain America, they right. uh, the the Avengers, and and set the villainry of the Avengers with Ultron being very exposition heavy character drive of like why Ultron is Ultron mm-hmm. and uh, you know it, the things that they went through building those first phases uh the second phase kind of loosened up and really that's where you got to see more of the like diverse tropes of filmmaking come in and uh you know war movie turns into an espionage thriller you know and
0: Mm -hmm. oh uh, yeah uh freaking winter soldier uh the winter soldier movie was was a spy film.
1: It was absolutely a spy film. Yeah. That's why you put Robert Redford in it. That's, that's, that's true. That's, that's, <laughs> that's like, <laughs>
0: that's a great observation. That's, that's exactly why you put Robert Redford in, in it. The film. That's funny. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's, um, it is certainly run the gamut. And like we talked about last week, the one, the one genre in my opinion that they haven't really touched on is the horror side of things. Wow, Horror, uh, which is what I'm excited about with doctor strange too, but also getting more Uh, like Morbius, get vampire. We're going to get weird. We're we're going to get weird. I don't mind that.
1: The witchies and the, and the, and the vampires and the, you know, uh, Werewolf by Night will eventually make an appearance because we are getting a, a Moon Knight series, mm-hmm. and uh, you can't have Blade and, and Moon Knight pop up in a universe and not get a Werewolf by Night nod. Um, so you know they're they're definitely bringing a a weird side in, um, but that also opens the door when they bring in mutants. You know, yeah, and. They're setting a stage from from what I've read uh in Doctor Strange uh for Marvel's Illuminati. Uh, mm. which I don't know again that that goes to answering a Marvel TV question because one of the the members of the Marvel Illuminati is Black Bolt from The Inhumans. And okay. uh as far as I can tell, Marvel's doing everything they can to just disacknowledge, just that, pretend that that, that series what, didn't <laughs> what 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 that didn't happen. That didn't happen. <laughs>
0: That's so true. Um, uh, I, yeah, I I tend to forget that that series happened.
1: I uh, I I caught brief snippets of it. I was uh, not enthralled. I was never a huge even in my comic days. Like and humans weren't the story that that hooked me. So it's it's you need a guardians level hand of introducing those characters and making it a fun ride to like go along with. You don't need to do a, like Hawaii 50 with like freaks like or lost. <laughs> okay. It was like Hawaii 50 meets <laughs> Lost. It was a weird right. procedural mixed with like a mystery on an island
0: and uh yeah. If if we're going to do characters like that, you feel like uh the Eternals is going to be a better, a better fit for that kind of, uh,
1: uh, yeah. I mean, they're going to have to, they've got a a mountain of road work to do to get into explaining the point, the purpose, uh, why the Eternals even matter. It was,
0: it was easy. Like guardians of the galaxy would be the first in the MCU was the first one to go. All right here. You've come with us so far. Yeah. You you've you've come on this trip. Trust us on this one. Yeah. Yeah. And it turned out to be one of the more popular absolutely of the of the MCU. And but it was so but it was easy to it was easy to suspend disbelief belief because there were five characters and you understood what we're doing. Yeah. Especially in that first episode or that first that first, first movie. movie. First mm-hmm. movie is super basic. Oh yeah. It's it's just an adventure film. You don't need to know much. No, they, it's almost like, hey, you don't need to know much. This guy's name Star Lord. This is a this is a raccoon. Yeah, that's a fucking large tree. Yeah, uh, this dude doesn't understand any anything. No, no, he doesn't no, understand irony. No, no, no emotional constructs Yeah, exactly of things. Right, and and you didn't have to understand. In fact, you know the whole Infinity Stone thing, while it was sort of laying the groundwork, you didn't even have to know much because they give you Benicio del Toro to go. Here's what it is. Yeah, right. The Eternals I'm not getting that vibe from because I don't while I don't know shit about them, I I have a feeling it's another level. It's a deeper level of characters that I don't know shit about, and I'm gonna be at a disadvantage.
1: It it definitely going in. it definitely is. In my even in my knowledge of of the Eternals is is light at mm-hmm. best. Um But for for being like such a... uh big money bet for them the 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 force that they're putting behind this production the names that they're putting in Mm -hmm. uh they do have like their own perceived value of that ip and what it can do for uh their you know series further on and and whether it has any direct tie into the mcu or they use it as a, a bridge point through the multiverse where, you know, you meet the Eternals briefly.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, you know, thanks for coming on our journey. Here's this one stop. Yeah.
1: Here's this one stop. Uh, you, you remember them from their solo feature, the Eternals. We're going to cross over them in this multiverse adventure. Right.
0: Um, and well, the thing is too. Uh, the, f- the first three phases were, co- were congruent. They don't need to anymore. No, you don't, you, 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 there's nothing you need to, um, you, you're starting fresh.
1: You're starting fresh. And I, I feel like their, their best bet in playing a long game is to, uh, pull, pull, pull the scope back in until they build around, after after they introduced Marvel's first family into the MCU, bring in the Fantastic Four. Yeah, and that's and, my understanding.
0: Is that that's the end of Phase Four?
1: Yeah, that's uh, from from the rumors I've I've heard. Uh, Doctor Strange Two: uh, Multiverse of Madness is supposed to be bringing in uh, Namor, Charles Xavier, and Reed Richards. Well, well, well. And so... that's interesting. Whether that be Patrick Stewart or James McAvoy uh, or somebody new entirely playing Charles Xavier or uh, having, uh, you know, who they're going to pick and how they're going to play that. Uh, But it's supposed to open up that wider narrative. And when you do bring in Reed Richards, you get to bring in Galactus, which my is, understanding is that it's, it's yeah. that's that's the next end game that's the next super level threat where you have to like call the universe in for backup right and they don't need to rush that and they can play in this weird puddle that they're in where like everybody is in for a marvel adventure now mm. like you know we we trust them with our our dollars and our time and we say all right we know that you guys can can give us a good quality to our adventure a six and a half hour series adventure right and and you've shown us uh that and we'll, we'll go with you and sometimes you know you'll miss one and and uh, a series will make you go oh i need to go back and watch that yeah i i super nerd of the marvel universe uh I've seen all of them, but Captain Marvel, I missed that one. And it's just been on that checklist to go back and watch, but I haven't done it yet, but there's enough, uh, enough narrative with Monica Rambeau, who's in WandaVision, right. That ties back to Captain Marvel. And I now have a higher interest in going back and sure.
0: And checking that out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's, and it's not for nothing with the character. It's you know just kind of an overall concept didn't pull me in. You know, the trailer didn't hook me the right way. I wasn't the target audience. You no, one hundred percent. It, it was a.
0: I would argue that for the people that you, it wasn't the target audience, they tried to nostalgia you into liking it. Oh, absolutely. Because it was like, oh, nice. Okay, great. Nirvana shirts and.
1: It, it was it was uh my sister was a big fan yeah uh nine, 90s girl uh, raised in a time and yeah. uh teen angst and and rock and roll and grunge and and uh there there definitely was like a fandom there for it and uh i, di- I did i did i've the, my little nod that i wanted to see was uh stan's cameo uh right because uh, Stan's cameo, and that officially makes Kevin Smith a member of the MCU. Because Stan is reading the Mallrat script. Right. That's right. That's right.
0: He's reading the Mallrat script. That's so funny. for
1: for for me, as a like clerks on Lifetime Kevin Smith fan, yeah, absolutely, like, yeah, getting to see him get that nod of Mm -hmm. respect of like, Hey, I've, I've been like pitching the, the Marvel, like this, the superhero playbook to Hollywood forever and showing the love and talking about comic books since, since mall rats, you know, well, we're going to, we're going to throw that back to you and, and super fan you. you." And you had
0: a, you had a movie that takes place in the nineties starring Samuel Jackson, the mid nineties starring Sam Jackson. And then you throw in the Kevin Smith reference. You, the only, the only way you could have gotten more nineties on that is if you would fake put a Miramax oh. as, as you know, like the Miramax logo at the beginning of the film. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. But, uh, like that was, yeah, that's
1: it's, uh, it, they did a good, good job. Uh, and I wanted to see that. But, yeah. Uh, I'll have to go check it back out.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I, it's not the, listen, it's not the worst movie in the MCU. It's just, again, I wasn't enthralled by it. So it was, so, it was cool to see Annette Benning. So, so she doesn't, so, she doesn't do a lot of films lately.
1: No. Uh, so on that mark though, uh, what, what do you consider the worst film in the MCU?
0: What do I consider the worst film in the MCU? Okay. So caveat, I'm going to say worst, but that doesn't mean it's the worst film ever. It's all of the MCU films are good films. Oh yeah. So, but there has to be a, there has to be a number one uh, and there uh, has to be a number 27, right? In in the rankings. If I were to rank. Um, okay. Well, first of all, I'm going to, we'll go with the, uh, we'll go reverse. I think, uh, in my top five that I think is severely underrated is Iron Man three. I don't think Iron Man three gets near enough credit for what it is. I need to go back and watch it again. You, you got to it's,
1: it's, it's one of those that, I, uh, I, I watched a couple times when it came out mm-hmm. and it was another Iron Man adventure. Right. And I think the character and some of the ways that they were continuing to like not evolve him, but try to evolve him, uh, just were getting thin. And so I, well, uh,
0: but, but, and well, that's where I would just, dis- that's where I would say that I felt like this film was, was definitely doing a good job of um, creating some kind of compelling story arc for, for Tony Stark, because yeah. the majority of the movie he spends out of the suit. Yeah. And one of the funny tropes is that I noticed last time I watched it is every chance he gets to get into it. He's forced out of it within like seconds. Yeah. So, like, he has to, even in the end battle, like, every suit that he tries to jump into, it gets destroyed, he has to leave, yeah, Yeah, exactly right, yeah. So, I found that funny, Um, but I also, the guy who directed it, Shane Black, uh, who is responsible for a lot of our childhood favorites, like Predator, like Lethal Weapon, like... Oh shit, he's written. He's his name is on so many things. Yeah. But he has a very specific style. Yeah. And so it's really great to see that uh in there, but but I I think it's a severely underrated film. There, Especially I, the the in the panic attack yeah. uh thing that uh where he's still trying to deal with the with the what is it? Ultron? Is it after Ultron?
1: Yeah, it's the post Ultron. Yeah. Which so me being a hardcore comic fan mm. that I am, I, I had an understanding of why they played Ultron the way they did. Okay, I also had my issues with it mm-hmm. because um, it it was m- more of Scott Lang than it was Tony Stark that built Ultron. Gotcha, and it was based on his brainwaves of things, and not necessarily a, a construct of. Uh, what would become Vision uh, that was twisted and perverted into becoming Ultron. And Scott Lang in in comic history had uh, issues of rage and uh, he took it out on his wife quite often. Mm -hmm. And so he was a very demonized character to begin with. And so the MCU obviously is going to play that character the same way. And uh, not Scott Lang. Uh, it's Michael Douglas's character. Oh, Hank Pym. Hank Pym. No, Hank great. Pym. Uh, yeah. yeah. So Hank Pym is the originator of Ultron. And uh, he's not a good guy in a lot of ways. And uh, a lot of the giant man uh, uh, flip back and forth uh, Ant-Man issues uh, have a take a psychological toll on him, and uh, there's a, a lot of things that go into, especially when he gets into the microverse and things like that. Um, they kind of did a different take of skipping a lot of his story until later and doing it kind of as an afterthought, mm-hmm. and uh, by doing that, they told. Ultron out of order, and so it put a gotcha. lot more weight okay. onto Tony as a character than it needed to, because it wasn't his story. Right, and so watching that, and then watching that have so much effect on him in three, and three was uh really wrapped up a lot in a uh, really awesome story arc from the comics called uh, Extremis. Yeah, and uh. I feel like if they would have not had so much of the PTSD Tony to have to deal with and let him really flex into that extremist storyline a little bit heavier. Uh, Okay. I was, I was expecting, you know, that. And so, uh, just wanted to see
0: more of the aim and and I
1: wanted to see a lot more of, of like certain aspects come in and things play out a little more, uh, along the lines of that storyline if you're gonna if if you're gonna make it about losing the suit after you know having the suit be everything right and uh so it was even more of a, a a suit be everything moment from iron man 2 where it literally was like you know it was a baby blanket. he brought it in a briefcase. he brought a version of it everywhere he yeah, could yeah. and that's that's when he built it up and kept continuing down to the nano level to whereby Iron Man three it's like not it's not even a suit, you know it's right. it's a wrap you know yeah. and uh it's it sets up a whole different point for the character no so anyways, you're you're okay so here's there.
0: the thing. Here's, I was thinking about this
1: underrated. Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. But we're talking about the worst ones. Um, the worst. Okay. I have to look at it. You're going to have to help me with this because I had to look at it in, in different franchises. In my opinion, the worst Iron Man movie was Iron Man two. Okay. Uh, It goes one, three, two for me. Okay. in um, the Thor universe or in the Thor franchise, it goes, um, 312 best okay. is three yeah. best is ragnarok oh, yeah worst is the second one no, fair yeah uh, uh for different reasons
1: for different reasons yeah um i i, I liked a lot about the second thor though yeah. a lot of people didn't get it to me that's sure. one of those a lot yeah. of people don't give enough credit to that movie right because they're too busy like knocking on one thing or another but right
0: they're focusing on certain things that yeah yeah um the worst avengers film was age of ultron yeah um
1: i have a tough time between uh infinity war and end game being the best because they're both so good for different reasons for
0: different reasons absolutely um but i would say if i had to rate one the lowest one of them has to be the lowest oh, give me a second i just so i, I just want to look through them one more time just to make sure i'm not overlooking one no you're not um let's see
1: so so for me it would yeah. it would be Oh
0: Ultron I, would be the lowest the lowest rated yeah. of all the Marvels.
1: Yeah. What well, uh, of all the Marvel movies I went back and watched it again not long ago and there were highlight features to enjoy but overall there was it was so messy and it just it wasn't fun and even like in the the empire strikes back strive of like ending ending the series on a sour note Mm -hmm. when you know something sweet is coming uh that's that's the gift that infinity war gave us that age of ultron didn't you know like that down note of oh crap like our heroes are pretty destroyed after this where are we gonna go what's actually gonna like where's the narrative gonna carry that's gonna Right. Like r- bring us back to where we have an Avengers again.
0: You yeah. Know? Um. So you would say Ultron, age of Ultron is, it, is, is that your, that's, 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 that's the worst. That to MCU me, movie. that's yeah, that's pretty rough, pretty rough run. All right. I'm going to go, this may be controversial to our two listeners and I'm including us in those, in yeah. that number. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, really? Yeah, I just found it rather boring. I didn't. Uh, um, I need to give that one another watch. Give it another watch. I just like Actually, with Ultron. There were elements I like. Walton Goggins always delivers, right? Right. But
1: I. But uh, but that's my problem though, is because I get Walton Goggins. I get. Paul Rudd. I could watch Paul Rudd brush his teeth for an hour. And it would be, be the most entertaining. Exactly. Like, Absolutely. and then, and then you throw Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, and, 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 uh, uh, um, and Evangeline Lilly, like, yeah, was,
0: they're, they're the whole cast plus,
1: you, plus your Pena and, uh,
0: uh, yeah. And David Dashamel uh, and, um, uh, uh, or Dashelman and, uh, uh T.I. Uh, uh, and then, uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. I mean, he's and he's, as Bill Foster. Yeah, exactly. As Giant-Man,
1: right? That's, and and that's to me that's one of those missed opportunities.
0: That's what I'm saying. I I just feel like there were so many missed opportunities from Ghost to Bill Foster to uh, the Walton Goggins character.
1: There were and I mean, there was a missed opportunity in using Bill Foster using Larry in uh Ant-Man 1. In a, a background role a la, uh Lucius Fox and and uh, Batman. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, it, using him as like, a, a yes, Pim's been running the company. Pim stepped away. Uh, Bill Bill Foster's got his wing over here. And they could have introduced him in a way there. Because in the Civil War comic, there's a huge, the, the trigger that sets off civil war is, uh, at, at the time in the comics, Thor was off world, uh, sleeping the sleep of the gods, Ragnarok, Mm, um, mm. and, uh, had not recorporealized. And, uh, so to try to win over the world to his side, Tony Stark and Reed Richards, um, created a clone Thor. Hmm. And clone Thor got Thor's hammer and, um, he uh, killed Bill Foster in a first Civil War battle. And that was really one of the big first decisions that like pushed people to cap side that was like, all right, Stark's kinda go a little government crazy, a little mm-hmm. little out there. Like he's spoken hard, like we need to to find some level playing ground. And so it, it made it much more of an interesting dynamic more than like well your ex best friend killed my parents and uh i don't know how to talk to you about that right you know like that involved people that you had no idea about and you had no point and judgment and you had Mm -hmm. no way to take that person down so how is it anything in cap's fault and why is he like you know there's there was so much that i appreciated about the 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 goal of that film that they still just there's no point to the story
0: yeah and, and and again that's the same with the for me it's the it's the same with the ant-man and the wasp it's like okay it was a great it was a great local localized story yeah again uh, it, uh just like most of the first tier um the first the entry uh films in this franchises the stories are localized yeah even you know it's a very um Generic. Same with Ant Man One. It's a very yeah. nice and localized. It takes place like in San Francisco and doesn't, you know, whatever. But they did it again, and they got characters that I didn't see. They were throwaway characters that you should have done in, in the first movie, yeah. Which you already did. So why did you do this again in the second one? And yeah. and then and because normally in the second one you're building the something. Yeah. Captain America too. And, uh, and which is also why I think Iron Man is a, Iron Man two is a weak one too. You're not building anything in Iron Man two. Uh, I mean, you're, you're, uh, yeah. you're building the war machine. Okay. You're cool. building, But yeah. How, how
1: useful was that ever? Exactly. It's, 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 I hate to say uh, a concept of, uh, racial inclusion mm-hmm. um, that they just, didn't know what to do. They were like, well, we're just going to make this character to have a character of color in in this thing,
0: which again, for the time, for the time, thumbs thumbs up, thumbs up
1: respect, but you know, over, uh, yeah, 35, 40 years since the characters In, in
0: 2014. And what are you doing in
1: 2014? Why don't you have a team of, of, uh, black, former military pilots like in your writer's room like working with you <laughs> right right giving right, you like is. an idea of what this character would be really like mm-hmm. and and what his motivation would be and exactly. like and really push that idea and stream forward do you yeah. have to have ryan kugler show up and like do do an <laughs> exposition Googler. on like e- exactly how to work with people of color and not just <laughs> exactly. make them like you know, it's it's
0: uh-huh. Steve. Yeah, do, do you need Steve McQueen to actually direct a, a an Iron Man four or whatever? Yeah. So like, you.
1: It's 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 a it's a. Everybody has a voice, and it's that character's response. It's it comes back into like a pro wrestler and their gimmick. You know, mm. if if that if that character doesn't feel if that actor doesn't feel like that character's voice fits that character, they're going to have a hard time stumbling through that role. Yeah. You know, and, and trying to understand the motivation of a guy who's just jealous, jealous of his buddy's cool suit. Right. Um, And and his whole, his heroic drive is to, to have his own cool suit. Yeah. You know,
0: and that's, that's, that's why I would say post civil war roadie is more compelling a character. After he has his accident.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, an interesting twist of necessity. Uh, and I feel like if it was more of a, a derived, like he had to walk around and the, the, the armor legs, like the bulky obnoxious Mm -hmm. armor legs, not like, Oh, you're, you're all better. You know that, that reliance on, a judgmental technology. Right. You know, that making it sleek and cool and oh, we've microsized this and no nobody ever knows that you have robots running your legs, you know. Right. It it takes away the discrimination factor, which is another layer, you know. Mm-hmm. He's already having to deal with it as an African American airline or air force pilot that's, you know, pushing against a system that doesn't want him there. That uh that has to embrace a radical notion of, of taking uh, a civilian suit and militarizing it. And then uh, throwing that extra physical disability on and the repair factor of it being, you know, awkward giant
0: metal pants. Right. You know, (laughs) they, and they are awkward. giant. Even into end game, they're awkward, giant 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 metal pants. pants. That's amazing. All right. So we got about, you know, just a few minutes left. Oh, one, I wanted to leave one last thing on, uh, on, uh, MCU. Uh, would you, would you agree with this, with the statement that Wandavision that the, the events of WandaVision completely justify the Sokovia Accords? Uh, I heard a great take where he's like this bitch held an entire town hostage and tortured them. I mean, <laughs> and
1: so y- yes, cr- and yes and no. Um, so, so to the, Irony of the Sokovia Accords and how they they were played out in the MCU as opposed to the comics, which was just the uh, Superhero Registration Act. Right, right. Um, that uh, that came at a moment where uh, a very low key team of mutants uh, had a very unfortunate incident at a preschool in America. And uh, ended up with one of the the mutants going nuclear and basically nuking a preschool in a, a whole small town. I heard that, yeah, and I've heard that story. So when you take it off American soil and you make it some third world country, like town that isn't real Sokovia, you know, and you try to make people have empathy for, you know, a nation that doesn't exist. It's hard for anybody to swallow that like Sokovia Accords thing down as as oh yeah I give up my identity and like all my my family's at risk and all the things like, but in in the comics they did a, a cleaner job of justifying why superheroes should have to register themselves at least right. with a higher agency of of you know keeping track of of your your goods and bads yeah. You know?
0: Well, and like I said, I think I think it's a funny take to be like this her actions throughout the entirety of the of the series have to completely justify why they should she should definitely be registered.
1: Yeah, but if you have to look her from introduction to WandaVision, she's never an outright hero, hero. That's she's, true. She's always kind of just a, a fuck you, I'm going to do it my way in my my That's position and and if I like you enough, I may play to respect what you ask of me in my situation. Yep. But also if I feel threatened or if I feel, you know, my partner threatened, I'm going to just cut bait and run the way I'm going to run. Right. So I, Fair in enough. fairness, I don't think she's ever like lived according to the the, the notes,
0: you know, that makes sense.
1: Anything you want to talk about? Uh, if we're gonna n- nerd promote stuff, yeah, go uh, ahead, nerd promote. Uh, Rucking Fotton, uh, one of my favorite t-shirt designers. Mm-hmm. Just, just a little shout out. Uh, they do uh, random drops of fantastic Japanese style poster remakes of uh classic horror and eighties and action, and they did a Roadhouse one a couple of weeks ago. It was incredible. Uh, I, I was very sad of, of my broke days because I was like, this, this needs to be a thing, but that's awesome. Yeah. There's always, always good turn, turnout with, uh, new, interesting designs.
0: Yeah. I enjoy, I, yeah. I, you guys told me about them and I, so I follow them now on Instagram and yeah. look out for them. So they are cool. Uh, my, my geek shout out thing this week is, uh, watch, watch coming to America too. Oh Yeah. I, it's uh, on my list. It's, uh, um, I enjoyed the shit out of it. It, uh, it wasn't, listen, uh, the way I heard it, I heard it best described this way is that I will probably watch the first coming to America hundreds of more times before I die. I'll probably watch the sequel one more time. But that being said, I, I watched it and it was, I had a smile on my face from start to finish it was one hundred percent fan service. There was a lot of callbacks, a lot of callbacks that kept me engaged the entire time. What were they gonna reference this time kind of a right. thing?
1: That's um, kind of how I felt about uh, Jay and Silent Bob the reboot. Okay. Like it's I'm I'm gonna watch Jay and Silent Bob strike back a hundred more times before I die. Yeah. But the reboot maybe once twice not that the under like lying like story of heart that kev throws in a uh, post heart attack and mm. fresh look on life and and a, and a sweet look on fatherhood and and things uh isn't entirely enticing it's just it's literally the same movie redone in a slightly twisted interesting way yeah but you don't ever forget the first ride
0: right exactly exactly. Um, yeah that's that's 100% it uh, it's one of those films I, I would say that it, and I'm sure uh the and Bob one is probably similar is it's one of these things where I'm glad they released it on streaming I probably would not have liked it if I'd seen it in the theaters like if I had paid 15 bucks 18 bucks to go see it uh, now coming to America 2 in the theaters I probably I wouldn't have, have liked, liked
1: it. it no you probably would have been bummed out that, exactly you know, but that's, that's the beauty of streaming and yeah. and but the, the fact that i was at convenience home and home does make a big difference get too. nostalgia
0: and then knowing that if i hated it i was still gonna get two-day free shipping exactly <laughs> you know exactly. when i order shit was perfect
1: you know or you get that new season of whatever yeah they, or i can i know. can
0: go watch hunters or yeah. uh uh the boys or whatever the right boys. like I, you or know. the or, or the tick even though yeah you know it's, yeah. it's gone but yeah coming to america 2 was 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 excellent fan service um there were some really funny lines all the all the individual people were great
1: i hear i I did i did what? read that Louis, and anderson, anderson shows up shows up he
0: is and yeah. uh and how they had to hire a white guy I had to hire a white guy it, and Louie got the job. Well, it was funny. Cause I guess I was, I was reading that article too. And they were like, here are your three choices. And they're like, well, we fucking know Louie. Right. You know, cause they were doing the, they were doing the shows with, I mean, yeah. they, were, they were doing the open, you know, whatever comedy shows they were yeah. doing he was there. Yeah. So they knew him. So it was like better this guy than any of the others. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, he makes an appearance. Um, the call it, the scene, there's one scene in the film with Colin Jost, yeah. which is the most epic Fan service. I'm not even going to, I'm not going to tell you anything more than that. It is some of the most epic fan service. I have to check that out. Uh, where I was like, that's, that's great. Yeah. Oh. Um, and then, you know, everybody, everybody was just entertaining. Um, it was great to see everybody from the original film. Uh, and they've all, they've all aged gracefully. They all look great. I'm shocked that they got James Earl Jones to actually do a, another film.
1: Uh, uh It's, it's, it's one of those Sean Connery moments where you wish that like the right person and the right approach had hit Sean post the terrible experience of league of extraordinary gentlemen. So he could at least have gone out on a high note, you know, not, not that that movie isn't a fun ride because it is, but like, as far as the man's legendary career, it's like ending on Highlander too. You don't want to go out that way. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah, he, you, he you need, wish there was another, another rock. Yeah, you know. or Hunt for October
0: or whatever. Uh, you yeah, want? You uh, need to go up that way. Uh, yeah, you need to go out like Bond. not like yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, it was good. Um. So yeah, that's all I've got. What do, anything uh, else? Are
1: we no, that's uh, uh, I think pretty much. Yeah, that's good. Um, slow news week for
0: it was. Ne- I next week I'd like to. I'm going to do some research, and I think next week I'd like to set aside some time and talk Star Wars yeah what's coming out because i it's you know mandalorian wrapped
1: mandalorian wrapped uh may the 4th is the next release of of anything that i've got it's uh the first season of the bad batch which is a spin-off of the clone wars huh so in the last season of clone wars they introduced uh essentially the the dirty dozen of the uh the clone wars clone division so they're like the 99th or something and they're they're all somehow physically or mentally or emotionally like unfit for standard duty, broken clones, broken clones. That's funny. Um, but they turn out to be like the dudes that they have to call to just do the job. Nobody else can. Right. And so I'm, I'm pretty curious and interested to see how, like the investment. Uh, I, I jump behind all those animated series that they did for, that story arc of expanding Star Wars universe, they they have a a good brain uh, behind it. Dave Filoni, yeah, so. Dave
0: Filoni is doing this, is heading up Star Wars, right? And yeah. then uh, Kevin Feige is doing the Marvel stuff. Yeah. Um, so Disney Disney's got uh, the right people in place. Yeah. But all right, we'll leave it there for this week. We will see you guys next week on uh, Good Words with Geeks and Nerds. Uh, I've been Kenny. I'm Stu, and we will see you next time. I'll see you next time.